0: life in this hour. So I want to call your attention back to the book of James this morning. I want to call your attention back to the book of James because I know that there is still a word in the book of James for you and I. There is still a word in the book of James for you and I to be able to be blessed in such a time as this. Listen, I know that God is still in the blessing business. And so the topic that we have for today. Is part two, really, from last night, and it's simply the lessons that we learn through corona. There are lessons that God is teaching us through this corona experience, and I want to raise this question to you this morning as we kickstart. What lessons are you learning? What lessons have the Lord revealed to you again? What has God shown you? You can put it in the comment section because we want to tell the world and show the world that God has been dealing with us in such a way that he has been teaching us, he has been preparing us, he has been developing us, even in a time such as this. So, family, what lessons have you learned? Because there are some lessons that God is teaching us through this thing called corona. And, family, I want you to understand that corona is not only real, but corona is serious. Now, I need you to get this. I don't care if you think it was man-made or not. It doesn't matter how it got here, it's here. And it's something we have to deal with. And so we've got to be clear about the fact that we serve a God who is able to handle every one of our circumstances and situations. So here it is again. Hey, family, I need you to get this. What has God shown you in this hour? Here is what I want you to see. When you get to the book of James, I love that because James teaches us a valuable principle. James says, My name is not Matthew, my name is James. Matthew wanted you to know that Jesus was the King of Kings. He says, my name is not Mark, my name is James. Mark wanted you to know that Jesus was a suffering servant. My name is not Mark, my name is not John, my name is James. John wanted you to know that he was the Word made flesh. He wants you to know my name is not Luke because Luke wanted you to know that Jesus was the great physician. He says, my name is James, and I need to be who God has created me to be. I love that because there's a thematic thrust in the book of James, if you read the whole book in its entirety, and it'll bless you because it lets you know that there are some things that you and I should be doing even in a time like this. Listen, here is what James says to you and I, that you and I should always be found worshiping God. I'll say that one more time. James says, all I care about is that you and I can worship God even when we are scattered abroad. That's what's going on in the book of James. The children of God are scattered. The children of God are in fear. The children of God are fearing for their life. They're running. They're hiding. They cannot come together as if they as they would like. But there is an issue going on. And the issue is they are faced with a trial. They are faced with a tribulation. They are faced with an adversary. And James says, I don't care where you are, you have a responsibility to worship God. Did you hear what I just said? You have a responsibility to worship God. And family, I need you to get this right now. Because right where you are, you have a responsibility to worship God. Right where you sit, right where you reside, you have a responsibility to worship God. Because there has been a misconception of what real worship is. Because we thought we could only worship when we got to a particular location. We thought we could only worship by screaming and hollering and running around the church, so to speak. But let me tell you, ain't nothing wrong with that, but God is not limited to that. You've got to understand that you can worship God sitting in your car. You can worship God laying in your bed. You can worship God sitting at your dinner table. You can worship God sitting on your couch. You can worship God in a garage. You can worship God outdoors. You can worship God wherever you are. And James says, here is the lesson you gotta learn. That is, when trials and tribulations come your way, you are to be found worshiping God. Can I ask you a question real quick? And I know for some of you that were here on last night, um, this is kind of redundant, but it still needs to be said. It needs to be asked, are you worshiping God right now in this hour? Can some non-believer look at you And see what it looks like to worship God in a time like this. Can someone whose relationship with the Lord has been strained. Someone who's angry with God because their loved one got sick. Someone who has a problem with God because they have to bury a loved one. Someone who has a problem with God because they lost their job. Someone that has a problem with God because it didn't turn out the way they wanted it to turn out. Can they look at you and me? Can they look at us? And see what it looks like to worship God. Because real worshipers worship God for who he is, not for what he has done. Did you hear what I just said? Um, I I said real worshipers worship God for who he is, not for what he has done or permitted to have happened. Not for what God is doing, but for what he, for who he is. And sometimes you got to worship God, even if you are the one sick. Sometimes you got to worship God even if it's your loved one sick. Sometimes you got to worship God even if it's you who've lost a job. Sometimes you got to worship God even if it's your child or your family that has gone astray. You got to learn how to worship God in every situation. And James shows up to tell you and I that we have a responsibility to always be found worshiping God. Hey, family, I need you to get this. This is not the time to be on social media talking crazy. No, no, because when you talking crazy, you talking in the flesh. And this is the time to allow the light that God has placed in you to be seen, that God will be glorified in a time like this. Now, listen, there's a whole lot of craziness going on, and we all have an opinion, but if your opinion ain't God's opinion, that's an opinion that should not be shared. I ain't trying to mess with nobody, but I'm trying to get you to understand that you and I have been called to be God's ecclesia that is, his called out ones, that is, his church that shines light in a dark situation. family. You can't shine light in a dark situation if you are being dark yourself. James says, you've got to understand that you have a responsibility. If everybody else go crazy, you give them a real picture of what sanity looks like. If everybody else is talking negative, you show them how to speak life into a negative situation. If everybody else is walking away from the Lord, you let them see what it looks like to hold on to God's unchanging hand. Because somebody ought to be able to testify, this ain't the first storm that I've been through in my life. This ain't the first trial. This ain't the first situation. This ain't the first level of adversity that I've had to deal with in my life. And when I look back over my life, I've got to testify, God has always worked it out some way, somehow. And I want to tell God, thank you for what he's done in times past, but I always want to tell him thank you for what he's doing right now. That's why you got to recognize, now ain't the time to be having no petty beefs and no petty issues. Life, if you did not know it, is too short. It's not promise that we're going to see later on, let alone tomorrow and so you've got to make sure that you utilize the time that God has given you right now. Here is the time he's giving you an opportunity to worship him right where you are. Listen. Can I tell you what's going on? Most folk worship God when they get to a building, but they don't know how to worship God in their own homes. You better hear what I just said. And that's the problem we have. You were so caught up on a building that you wasn't building your relationship. And because you don't have a righteous relationship, when you get home, there's no worship that takes place at your home. That's why there's no peace in your home. That's why there's always frustration in your home. That's why people can't stand each other in the home. But can I tell you what God has given? us the opportunity to do? To get this stuff together. That you and I can work out the differences that we have because the Bible says all we got to do is learn how to reason together and when you reason reasoning together you'll recognize if it ain't pleasing God, it ain't worth our time can I say this one more time? If it ain't pleasing God, it ain't worth our time. It doesn't matter who's right or who's wrong. It only matters what God says. It only matters what God thinks about it. And so James says, I need you to understand, here is the lesson you got to learn. You got to learn how to worship God. Listen, if you know how to worship God, why don't you wave at me? Why don't you hit the heart symbol? Why don't you put a comment in there and just let somebody else know that in the midst of my situation, I have made up In my mind, I will not stop worshiping God. Can I can I can I can I say that just a little bit further? Um, because worship comes from a word. That means worth ship is which it simply means that you only worship according to what you think he is worth in your life it means that it's according to the value you place on the one that you are worshiping that will determine the level of your worship now let me just say this to you if God ain't worth much to you then I don't expect you to do a whole lot of worshiping but for those of us who know that God is our everything we can't stop but worshiping him in a moment like this sometimes you you got to be the example of what real worship looks like. Can, can you say real worship? I heard you. Can you say real worship right where you are? See, you got to recognize my worship is for real. Why? You don't know my story and all the things that I've been through. You don't know my pain. All I had to go through just to get here. And you'll never understand my praise. So don't try to figure it out because my worship, my worship is for real. And so I'm not here to try to please nobody. I'm not here to be in competition with nobody. I ain't got time to be trying to get you to think like I think. No, I'm too busy trying to tell God thank you for what he's doing in my life. That's what James says. He pulls up. He pulls up to our location in James chapter one and he put it to us like this. He said, brethren, real worship is when you can count it all joy. Some of y'all know that was last night. Real worship is when you can count it all Joy and I need to ask you a question Have you been counting it all Joy have you been counting it all Joy even in a time like this Folk in your family sick folk in Your house sick folk in your family Going crazy folk in your family fearing Folk in your family fretting and Let's be honest some of us are Fretting and fearing and going through these Natural emotions that we call life but Can I tell you you ought to be counting It all joy James says that Real believers know how to count it all joy in every situation. Hey family, I need you to count the number of times that God has blessed you in your life when you know you did not deserve it. And if you can count past one, then you ought to be counting it all joy in this moment, in this time, in this period that we're living in, because you do know that there is a passage in the Bible where it says, and it came to pass. Oh, I could have shouted myself crazy right there. I'm high-fiving everybody in the spirit right now. Give me a high-five in the spirit because here is what I do know. I don't know what day. I don't know what hour. I don't know what moment, but I do know there will come a time where we will be able to look back and say, and it came to pass. That means God has taken care of all of that stuff that we thought could not be taken care. I don't care if they don't have a cure for it. My God is my cure. Hello, somebody. And so James said, you got to learn how to count it all joy. And then he goes on and he says not only do you need to count it all joy drop down to verse number 17 is where I've been trying to get to for today because the first lesson he teaches us is that we've got to learn how to always worship God the second lesson he teaches us that worship depends on your conduct and if you have a righteous conduct you don't have a problem worshiping God and those that are really believers those are really disciples those who are really connected to God those who have a real relationship with God they know how to count it all joy even when they don't feel like they are joyous. Hello, somebody. Because joy has nothing to do with what's happening. Joy has everything to do with who I lean and trust on. Hello, somebody. I trust in the Lord. But then when you drop down to verse 17, here is what he says. He says, now there's one other lesson that he'll teach you. He'll teach you in verse 17 17, that every good and perfect gift comes from above. Did you hear what I just said? He says in verse 17, in the midst of trials and tribulations, I want you to understand how good your God is. He says, in the midst of a trial and tribulation, do not lose sight of this fact. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Every good and perfect gift Comes from the Lord. Here is what James is saying. He's saying, What you understand is sometimes God allows trials to come in your life that you can see how gifted you really are. Oh, I'm getting excited right there. Hold on. Let me say that one more time. Sometimes God allows trials and tribulations to come in your life that you can see how gifted you really are because we have been gifted. Did y'all hear what I just said? We are some gifted people, but sometimes because of our lives, because of the things that we have deemed as important sometimes because of the fact that you have a busy schedule because of technology you'll lose sight of the fact of how gifted you already are listen you're not waiting to be gifted you have already been gifted because what's going on right now did not catch God by surprise and James says if you learn how to worship God if you learn how to maintain your joy you'll discover how gifted you really are wait a minute did y'all hear what I just said I'm saying that you are are a gifted individual I'm saying that God has gifted you beyond measure and now God says I'll put you in a situation where now you can see just how gifted you really are listen here is what the word means that word gifted in the in in the in the Greek um, vernacular here's what it means it comes from a word called dioces, and diosis comes from a word "didomai," and "didomai" simply means that it's an adventure it's a commitment it's a deliverance it's what you can grant it's what you have to offer. It means it's power that you have been given. And watch this, it means the ability to strike or to touch with the palm of your hand. In other words, he says that you are so gifted, listen at this, that you can lay hands on it and extend power to heal and bring and to grant deliverance to that situation. You missed it right there because you're waiting on Donald Trump and the rest of them people to come up with a cure and the Lord has said, don't forget how gifted you are because you can cure your home right where you are, here's what you gotta learn you gotta learn how to use what God has already given you, he said you can lay your hands on it because your hand is connected to my hand and it really ain't your hand that's being laid on it it's really my hands that's being laid on it and sometimes you gotta learn how to lay hands on yourself how to lay hands on your own family member, how to lay hands on your own child, how to lay hands on your own finances, how to lay hands on your own spirit, how to lay hands on your own emotional well being because sometimes the preacher can't get to you Sometimes you can't get to the church And you got to be the priest of your home As God has ordained you to be And you got to learn how gifted you really are That's what that word means He says you got to understand That when trials and tribulations come God positions you to see how gifted you really are Y'all know we are some gifted people All you got to do is look at some of these videos That's going around right now Because we don't have places to go That we can go now We have the shelter in place Look how creative we have become we're coming up with all kind of challenges and games and experience it's because we are some gifted individuals and God has sent me by to remind you what James has said here is the lesson that you get through corona you are reminded that you have been gifted can I say that one more time you can be in your sick bed, but you have been gifted. Let me let me bless you with how that works. Some of you already know that my mother suffered a massive heart attack 21 years ago. Did y'all hear what I just said? 21 years ago. And when she suffered the heart attack 21 years ago, the doctor told us that she would never um, live again. Did y'all hear that, what I just said? She would never live again, and if she was to come through, she would not be able to speak or talk or have any capacity of memory and things of that nature. You. but notice what i said that was 21 years ago and here is what took place um the other day my sister who's watching right now who's checking it out right now she sent me a text she said hey have you talked to mama Y'all don't hear what I just said. Have you heard from my... I said, 21 years ago, 21 years ago, the doctor gave up on her. 21 years ago, my grandmother started planning a funeral. 21 years ago, when everybody thought she was done, the Lord showed up and said, Now, let me show you what a real gift looks like. Can I bless you real quick? So my sister said, Has you talked to Mama? I said, No, I ain't talked to her in the last few days, but I know everything is all right from the last report I received. And so I said... Let me reach out and see if I can talk to mama. Can I tell you what happened when I reached out to talk to mama? The nurse said, let me tell you, your mama is the biggest blessing I've bumped into. Did y'all hear what I just said? Your mama who's laying in a sick bed has been blessing me, and I'm walking around here free every day. Y'all hear what I just said? I look healthy, and she looks like she's sick, but she's the one blessing me. Because when I need to be picked up, when I need a word of encouragement, I know if I can get to Miss Jackie's room, Everything is gonna be all right. I'm trying to get you to understand how God will gift you, even in an uncomfortable situation. And I'm shouting over the fact that even though I don't like that it happened to my mama, that God is giving glory out what transpired through my mom. Did y'all hear what I just said? I ain't bragging about me, I'm bragging about the God that I serve. He will take any negative and make it a positive in your life. Here's what you gotta recognize: that you are gifted. that's what James is saying to you and I. He says every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. But let's back up. Not only does he talk about that word gift, but then he says, uh-uh, it's not just a gift, but it's good. <laughs> y'all didn't hear that right there. He said it's not, it's not just a gift, but you need to understand it's good. Did y'all hear what I just said? He said because it's so good that it can handle what you're going through right now. Oh, some of y'all didn't understand it because you don't think you good enough. You didn't think you were worthy, but God knew you was worthy. That's why he woke you up this morning. He says you are good enough just as you are. Do you know what I'm saying to you right now? I'm saying that God said when I equipped you, I gifted you, and I made you good. Go back to Genesis. Here's what he said when he looked at man. He said, that's very good, which means you have everything you need for such a time like this. Hey, can I tell you what that word good means in Greek? Here's what. It comes from a word agathos, and agathos simply means it's beautiful, it's valuable, it's distinguished, and it's worthy. Did you hear what I just said? It means it's beautiful, it's valuable, it's distinguished, and it's worthy. One more time. Did you hear what I just said? Hey, Miss Jackie, it means it's beautiful, it's valuable, it's distinguished and it's worthy. And Marsha, because we know that we serve a God who makes no mistakes, he lets you know that you are beautiful just like you are. You are valuable just like you are. You are distinguished just like you are. And you are worthy just like you are. Here's what I'm saying. You don't need the approval of nobody else when God has already given you the approval. He says you don't have to be taller. You don't have to be shorter. You don't have to be lighter. You don't have to be darker. You don't have to be thinner. You don't have to be thicker. All you have to be is who I created you to be. I have gifted you, and what I have gifted you with is good enough. Can I bless somebody right now? You need to know what God has given you is good enough for what you need right now. It's good enough for what you're going through right now. It's good enough for what you're facing right now. It's good enough to handle what you need handled right now. It's good enough to fight your battle right now. It's good enough to fight this storm right now. It's good enough to see you through right now. It's good enough. Why? Because what He's given you is a real relationship with him. Can I raise this question? I'm sorry. I ain't supposed to be getting this excited, but is it anybody in here know that as long as I got King Jesus, don't, don't shout. Don't, don't make me shout. Uh, As long as I got King Jesus, I've got what I need, I've got enough And so family, he says, every good And perfect, oh, wait, hold on, there's another Word, he says it's not just a good Gift, but it's a perfect gift, oh Okay, you didn't understand, that word perfect Comes from the word teleos, and teleos simply means It's complete, it means it's continually Maturing, in other words, as you Mature, it matures, because it only lets you understand what you're able To uh, understand, did you hear what I'm just saying Because some things are above my head So he's not worried about what's above My head, he's worried about me Understanding what's on my level, and on the level that I'm on, God perfects the gifting that He has given me. That's why you don't have to be in competition with nobody else. That all you gotta do is work on being the best you that God has allowed you to be. And sometimes you gotta understand that God has given you everything you need to turn your situation around. Hey family, um, I'm I'm about ready to get ready to go into this communion experience, but can I ask you this question? Do you know that you serve a perfect God? Do you know that you serve a God who makes no mistakes? Do you know you serve a God who is a God of enough? Do you know you serve a God who can handle everything that you'll ever be faced with, everything that you'll ever have to deal with? Do you know your God is still able? Well, if you know your God is still able, why don't you high five me in the spirit? Why don't you say he's able in the coming? Why don't you hit the heart button and let somebody know that come hell or high water, you know your God is able. Okay, I'm going to give you 13 seconds just to reflect back over your life. I see you, Felicia, just to reflect back over your life. And I want you to take this moment and just remind yourself that your God is able. <laughs> May be sick, but he's able. May be broke, but he's able. May be disturbed, but he's able. May be confused, but he's able. May be drained, but he's able. May be com- Why y'all looking at me strange? I'm trying to get you to understand that your God is able. You may be frustrated, but he's able. You may not understand, but he's able. Because your God understands everything that's going on. And what you and I have got to learn how to do is trust him in every situation. Y'all, I'm closing on this point. But I'm reminded when I read the book of James about a boxer. Because while i Learn that a boxer has to have three good things in his life. A boxer has to have three. Can you say three? He has to have three good things in his life father son holy ghost can you say three a boxer has to have three good things in his life and here is what a boxer has to have first of all he has to have a good trainer because if he don't have a good trainer he'll never be prepared to be the best that he can be and so the lord wants you to know that you need a good trainer in your life but secondly not only does the boxer need a good trainer but the trainer is training him outside of the ring but he also needs somebody in his corner when he gets in the ring that's called a corner man and so now you need Need a good trainer, but you need a corner man. Here's what the trainer does: the trainer prepares you to get to the ring, but the corner man helps you while you're in the ring. And sometimes, when you're in the middle of your fight, you need a corner man to help you in the middle of your fight. It's not that you don't know how to fight, but sometimes you can't see some things. But you got a corner man that's whispering in your ear, that's telling you to keep your chin tucked in, that keep telling you to keep your jab extended, that's kept telling you to stay off the ropes, that's telling you to keep on moving that's telling you that all you gotta do is throw an uppercut or throw a jab. He's giving you instructions during the fight. That's your corner man. But then the Lord says you also need what's called a cut man. Oh my goodness, I'm sorry. Because what you got to understand is the trainer helps you before you get in the ring. The corner man helps you while you're in the ring. But then there's a cut man that heals you and nurtures you while you're in the midst of your fight. Here's what I'm saying. Because in every good fight, sometimes you will get cut. You will get wounded. You will get bruised. But you got a good cut man in your corner that's there letting you know that you can handle what's going on in your life. Every good cut man knows the how to take your mind of what's really going on. I'm saying To you that's what James is saying right now You got a father who's in your life He's the best trainer you could ever have I'm saying that's what James is saying to you In your life. You got a corner man Who's in your life. That's the God that We serve. That's Jesus who gives you All of the instructions of what you need to do While you're experiencing right now in your life He says but don't forget you got the father the Son. There is also the Holy Ghost. You do know who the Holy Ghost Is. That's your cut man That's your comforter. That's the one that's your provider. That's your way in and way out. That's the one who guides you through these terriblest times that we are going in. And the Lord sent me by to tell you that you need to understand that you have everything you need to be successful. Hey, family, I, I, I could keep going, but I know we got to move into this experience of communion. But I want you to understand there are some lessons that God teach us through Corona. He teach us that we ought to always be found worshiping. He teaches us that we ought to always have joy. He teaches us that when you have joy and you are worshiping God, that means that you are now in position to appreciate every good and perfect gift that comes from the Lord. He'll let you know that you are good enough. He'll let you know that what God has given you is perfect for such a time like this. And he reminds you that not only do you have a trainer, but you have a corner man. Not only do you have a trainer and a corner man, but you have a cut man. Can I tell you about that cut man? He's the one that went to a hill called Calvary. He's the one that allowed himself to be stretched wide for your sins and my sins. He's the one that allowed himself to be crucified on our behalf. He's the one who was innocent yet died a sinner's death. He is the one. That was placed in a borrowed tomb. He is the one that, on the third day, his father raised back from the grave. You want to know why? Because he wanted us to understand that we have everything we need in such a time as this. Hey, family, thank you so much for sharing with us on today. Listen, I want you to know that God is still able. I want you to know that God is still in control. I want you to know that God is still on the throne. I want you to know that this didn't catch God by surprise. There are some lessons we are learning. And family, I need you to be careful to make sure you don't become part of the problem, but that you always walk as one that is a part of the solution. We thank God and we give him all the glory. Listen, I need those of you that have it to get your communion elements together. I need you to begin to focus your mind, your attention, on that hill that place called Calvary if you don't have any crackers if you don't have any juice put your heart put your mind put your focus put your attention on Calvary put your attention on the one that paid the price for you and I the one that died in our stead. put your attention on him because it's the position of your heart that really matters and the Lord blesses us because he reminds us with these words that he said In 1 Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians, here is what the Lord says in chapter 11. It says he took the bread. Now, if you have some bread, if you have your crackers, whatever you have, come on, we want to take that. And the Bible says he took, he broke it, and he said, take and eat. This is my body, which was broken for you. This you do in remembrance of me, and so we eat. Would you eat at this time? Then he said in the same manner. he took the cup after supper, saying this cup is the new covenant of my blood. This do as often as you can, because as often as you do it, you do drink in remembrance of me. And so we drink. And so we bless the name of the Lord. We thank him for this privilege. We thank God for the opportunity for us to reflect on the price that he allowed to be paid for you and I. We bless God because we know God is worthy. We bless God because we recognize that can't nobody do us. I'll say that one more time. Can't nobody do us like the Lord. And so, family, it is my prayer that something has been said today that will bless you. If you don't know Jesus and the pardon of your sins, we extend this privilege and this opportunity to you right now to get to know him. If you've never accepted him, it's real simple. Just confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. And the Bible says at that point you will be saved. But most of all, we thank God for the privilege that he's allowed us to come together. Hey, family, don't forget. If you have a loved one, if you have a family member that's on the front line, if you have an essential worker, we want to pray for them. Can you send us their name? Type it in the comments if you haven't already. Send us a direct message if you want to. But we want to pray for them. We want to call their name. Um, Tag them in this post. We want to lift them up, to allow them to understand how much we appreciate and value them. Even our educators. Don't forget our educators. Let me say that again. Don't forget our educators. As We thank God for them as they are doing virtual education in such a way um, that's now transforming the way we're going to be doing education um, going in the future but it's still an adjustment, and it's still something that um, can be tedious, but we're thanking God in this hour. Hey, family, if you love the Lord, why don't you hit your heart button right now? Let's see some hearts go up. If you love the Lord, just hit the heart button as we lift them up. Hey, family, don't forget, prayer still works, and we thank God for all of you who have been supporting this ministry, who have been tithing faithfully, who have been cheerfully giving, and to all of our friends and partners and and loved ones, you have just been joining in and blessing us as sowing seeds into the kingdom. Man, we thank God for you. We are appreciative. Thank you. That goes the hearts. Come on, hit those hearts. I see it. We thank God for everything that you do to keep us running. We are still blessing those that are in need. We are still being a church that's giving to those that are in need. Did y'all hear what I just said? We are still giving financially to those that are in need. And it takes all of us working together to be able to supply the needs of those who are in need. And so, family, we thank God for everything that you have done. We thank God for what you have been doing. And I want to encourage you to keep up the good work, to keep on trusting God. Here is what James said. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. And if you know that God is a God that won't fail you, let's trust the gifts that he has given us. You are a gifted people. I love you too, son. You are a gifted people. And I'm so grateful that God has allowed us this platform to join together. Hey, don't forget, lift every pastor up, lift every preacher up, lift every leader up. If you didn't put their names in, put them in, because I need you to understand it's not easy to lead in a time like this. And so I want to lift them up in prayer as we lift each other up in prayer. Man, I miss y'all too. Y'all don't understand uh, how much I miss y'all. Thank you. Um, Let's lift them up. And to those watching, thank you for watching. For those listening, thank you for listening. But those that have been praying, those who led the devotion this morning, thank you all for leading us in devotion this morning. Listen, I want to end this episode in prayer, but I want to tell you to trust God with the giftings that he has given you. And we know that God is still able. We thank you for being a listening audience. Thank you for praying with us and praying for us. So Lord, we come before you right now with thanksgiving in our heart. Pleading the blood of Jesus over our affairs. Pleading the blood of Jesus, thanking you, God, for the privilege that you've bestowed upon us to connect. For reminding us in your word, oh God, that you and you alone are still in control. We thank you for every name, oh God, that has been lifted today. We thank you for every name that was lifted on last night. We know that you are still a doctor who has never, ever, ever lost a case. And Lord, we're leaning on you because we know that we are weak We may claim to be strong, but God, we recognize that we are frail, fragile, finite creatures. But Lord, we know that through you, we have strength. And every name that's being posted, every name that's being lifted, Lord, we're asking right now in the name of Jesus, would you touch them in a mighty way? Would you move on their behalf? And then strengthen the caregivers, the family members that stand around in support. Give us a piece of sanity and clarity in our hearts and minds, some peace, O God, that we'll know that you are still in control, that trouble don't last always. And Lord, we thank you so much for being our God, for being our covering, for being our shelter. Thank you for keeping our homes, O oh God. Thank you for allowing us to shelter in place, to have a place to shelter in, O oh God. And how we thank you so much, O oh God, for what you have been pouring into our lives. Words cannot express how we feel about you right now. But Lord, we give you all the honor, glory, and praise. Now, Lord, we come before you right now, pleading the blood of Jesus over this coronavirus experience, pleading the blood of Jesus over this COVID-19 experience, oh God, because we recognize that Jesus has all power, oh God, in the palm of his hand. So Lord, have your way in this hour as we give you all of the glory, all of the honor, and all of the praise. Thank you for being our company keeper in a time like this, for it is in the name of Jesus we do pray. Amen.